Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrap. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrap. GameStrap has the fastest sideline replay system on the market, and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free do- demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Um, tonight we've got Jason Starin. He's the uh, offensive coordinator at Wagner High School there in San Antonio, Texas. Coach, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, and I'm, I feel real lucky and blessed to be here for sure. Well, we're excited to have you, man. Um, you know, we're, we're we're looking forward to getting talking some option football, and definitely, you know, um, about how your season went last year and what you guys are going to be doing this year, but. Before we get into all of that, why don't you talk to us about, you know, your coaching journey, like, you know, where you played, maybe where you coached or where have you coached in the past and how you got to Wagner. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> briefly, um, I'd always want to play football. I don't know why I was so in love with the game, but I just I really was um, from from the beginning. Uh, my mom my mom never signed me up for football. She kept signing me up for soccer. She wouldn't pay for the uh, equipment. It was too expensive. So I was all fired up when seventh grade came around. So you ain't got a pay for football, you know. So I um, started playing like in seventh grade. And uh, we had just moved back to San Antonio. And um, Judson High School, Judson High School here in San Antonio, is they started a bit of a dynasty like in, in, in the mid-'80s. And um, so we moved here about 88. And uh, uh, D.W. Rutledge, he's a real famous coach down here, uh, Coach Waddle, who he is. Um, Coach Rutledge ran that program. He, he won multiple state championships there at the highest level here in Texas. Um, he was our head coach. He was a defensive coach, and it was a really big school. I didn't really get to see him a lot uh, because I was an offensive lineman. He was a linebacker's coach. But uh, his program really um, contributed to kind of, uh, uh, you know, who I am and who I turned out to be. Uh, I ended up playing Division three football, middle school out in West Texas, Solon State University in Alpine, Texas. It's uh, – Dead in the middle between Del Rio and El Paso, out there, middle of nowhere. Um, you know how Division Three is, man. I heard you guys talking to that uh, NAIA, NAIA guy on one of the last podcasts. 
Division three, man, is kind of the bottom of the ocean. I had four different coaches there, four different offensive line coaches, one head coach, but um, I loved it. You know, some of those guys, you know, that they, they, they get to think that's where I really, really thought maybe I was going to start coaching because um, you get to a little town like that, you realize what Division three football is, and people take that home. You know, they go back to Houston, they go back to Dallas. You know, I stayed. It took me five years to graduate. Um, I was I was a pretty good Division three player. I was about a 230-pound offensive tackle, uh, all-conference, things like that. And um, I just didn't know what else I would do besides coach. Um, luckily, we're in Texas where, you know, you can make a living coaching. And it's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not like that in the rest of the country. But um, so when I got out, I got a job at this inner city school in um, uh, Jefferson High School here in San Antonio. Uh, uh, stayed there three years. My first the first time I was exposed to like real triple option footballs when I was at South Sand High School here in San Antonio. Um, I was I was off to the line coach there, and I, I really I didn't know what I was doing. I was just coaching rules. You know, I, I didn't I didn't really understand triple option. Um, I wasn't coordinating. I just kind of people fed me, and then I just fed it to the kids. Um, I didn't really understand <clears throat> what triple option was, like I said, but. One time, we're, we're sitting, so in 2007, I think that's uh, when Navy broke that streak in 2007, all the coaches were sitting in the office, and all the true blue option guys were just, they, they were like huddled around the TV, and I was kind of like peeking over, and um, we watched the second half of that game together, and that's when I was like, oh my God, man, this, this offense is, I became a real fan. Like I, I was like, wow, man, I, they're freaking smacking Notre Dame. I knew who Notre Dame was, I didn't know much about Navy, but. So after that, um, I got engaged and I moved up to the Dallas area. And um, I had I worked at Irving High School, South Grand Prairie High School, Turner High School, kind of jumped around. Um, we ended up back here in San Antonio at Wagner High School in uh, 2015. I was off the line coach. Uh, we were just running spread stuff. Um, uh, my head coach is Charles Bruce. Uh, the office coordinator is a guy named Richard Mendoza. Well, anyway, Richard, during the um, spring, he got a head job. Uh, he got a head coaching job. And uh, that's when I took my plan, and that's when I took my, my, um, you know, the, the triple option to Coach Bruce, and I presented it to him. I, uh, we're in a super tough district. We're in, in, in San Antonio, the district we're in with uh, and some of the guys from Texas are going to know these names: Jensen High School, Smithson Valley, Steele, Clemens. Uh, the best football teams in South Texas for sure, um, definitely. As long as you don't include Austin, Austin's got a pretty good team, but um. We were just struggling, man. We're going four and six, uh, you know, two and eight, things like that. And then I brought him the idea of triple option. Um, being under-centered didn't appeal to him. So we did some uh, Tony DeMeo type stuff. You know, we got in double slot. We ran power read. Uh, we ran the downhill option, but we were blocking power. Actually, uh, I think I, I shared that whole season with him. So you guys might have peeked at it. But um, we were all right. We were all right. But um, it still wasn't hitting fast enough. We were just still outmanned. Um, we did some creative things. It just, just wasn't good enough um, to compete in that district. So the following spring, look, uh, so that was the 16th season. The, the spring of 17, uh, we had this real talented kid playing quarterback. And um, I had went to a clinic, and I, I'd asked this guy, a uh, um, uh, coach from Iran, Texas. I asked him, hey, you know, how do you structure practices and how do you structure offense if you want to go 
from under center to gun, under center to gun. Because I had the idea that I was going to spend half the spring in gun, half the spring under. He was like, no, 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 man, you got to go back and forth. You got to make sure you're going back and forth so the kids can get the rules uh, that you want to do that. And um, it'll just mesh better. So long story short, we spent that whole spring going back and forth from, from under and gun. And um, during the summer, we took the data. And uh, that kid, uh, Tobias Weaver, he's right now he's at the Navy Prep School. He just reported like yesterday. Um, we took the data in the offense, and he was uh, was better, and he was uh, he read better, stats were better, reading percentage was better uh, with him being under. And um, Coach Bruce, even though he probably had a little he had a little uh, pressure from the community, he decided he said, you know what, let's go all in, let's go under. Um, we had a lot of yards. We led the district in rushing. We just weren't finishing drives, uh, and that so that was 17. And then a lot of people tell you year two is when you take off, and that's that was last year. I mean, we we uh, last year was just uh, it was amazing. We were it was just, it was amazing. So that's how we are. Uh, that's how we got here. Well, that's interesting. Um... So you said your first experience with triple was at South Sands, is that right? That's what you, is that what you said? Yeah. And you said you played at Sewell Ross, is that right? Yeah, Sewell Ross, a little Division yeah. three school in Fine Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you played offensive line. So yeah. what was like? So what was that like? What was it like playing offensive line in college? Um, like I said, man, I had um, I, I had the idea that I was going to throw all these guys' names around. This is an opportunity to talk about a guy named Bill Menard. Uh, when I was there, when I was, I was there, I had four different line coaches. Um, Coach Menard, he, he's from North Carolina. I think he's back there now. I don't get a chance to talk to him, but he was, um, he did it right, man. You know, he he coached the small things. He, uh, he, he he taught in depth, and that really appealed to me. I had never been coached like that before, and um, so. Being exposed to him is like I said. That's when I kind of decided, oh, I can do this. I, like it gave me a different, a different love for football, a different respect for it. Um, you know, I kind of just was always playing. I played hard. I got after it and stuff like that. But, but the details, when he started coaching the details, was when I really fell in love with it. But uh, playing up there in Alpine, man, it's um, it's the middle of nowhere. Um, luckily, I I had some personal success early as a player. I was really never tempted to leave. I mean, I just loved it. Um, so I played there. I started there for four years. I was the all-conference selection all four years. And, um, you know, when it was over, what else was I going to do besides coach? You know what I mean? There's, there's really no, there was no option, I don't think. And do, you, and do you find you kind of model your, your offensive line coaching after him? Like, would you consider maybe – like maybe he was a mentor or something like that, or or you know what? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I initially yes, but you know, uh, nineteen years in, you do a lot of growing, you know. Right. And, um, I I have a I have a pretty strict reflection process. I go to lots of clinics. Um, I have these running documents. Um, we could spend the whole time talking about people that have influenced me. You know, I mean, head coaches, um, people I've heard speak. Um, j just today, we all know Mike Seawalk, right? I was listening to a Mike Seawalk video today. I've never met him. He's never met me, but he's contributed to how I coach. I'm reading your articles, reading Tony's stuff, the guys on Telegram. Um, uh, you know, have I, 
I really don't know. It's hard to, you know, where do I start and everybody else begin? You know, I, I don't know. It, 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 you take everybody's information, you put it together, and you end up who you are. I can give credit to 100 people, you know? Yeah. No, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and I think the guys that have been coaching, um, you know, for a little bit of time, I think they most of them, I mean, they might pick out a couple guys, but I think they're going to say the same thing, right? You've gone to clinics, you've seen videos, you've read articles, and all of that's kind of – those little pieces have kind of made the bigger puzzle of how, how you are as a coach. I agree. I agree with you 100%. So, I, I get it. I do. Well, we got this question for you, Jason. Why, why the flexbone triple option? You guys have had other offensive styles in the past. What about uh, what is it about the flex bone that makes this offense fit your team so well? I know you talked about that um, a, a little bit already, but why does this fit your team so well? Okay, so I could give all the stereotypical answers that we've all, we've all um, you know, that we've read, and the same answers that we're going to give parents, you know, when we're trying to defend ourselves. One of the guys I really like listening, uh, reading his stuff. Uh, Dietrich out there from Louisiana, man. He's like, he's like an apologetic for the flex bone, man. He's, he's got all the right answers. But for first of all, I think it's what, what I love. Therefore, I can teach it better. And if I'm passionate about it, it helps other people to be passionate about it. So I think that's where it really starts. But at Wagner, um, we don't, we're not going to have really polished quarterbacks. We're going to have athletic quarterbacks. We're not going to have a lot of size at, you know, at receiver in the running back position. So all of our slots are a little bitty dudes who just kind of, um, you know, we coach them hard to get after it. And, uh, you know, they can run on the perimeter, but they're not. And um, we do have a really good fullback. Um, we're we're going to get running backs more than we're going to get receivers and quarterbacks. This is just a fact. Um, although there's been some linemen come through, like right now I have 215-pound linemen. And um, – most of the compliments we get are how hard they come off the ball. And you know what? Uh, I talk to those guys about, hey, we don't have to hold blocks. You know, uh, we need about 1.4 seconds. You know, sometimes on zone option, uh, we need like 1.8 so we can get all the way around the corner. But, but um, we don't need to hold blocks. We just come off the ball, um, uh, get after it, finish on our bellies. Uh, so, so in summation, I think it's because we don't need a super polished stone quarterback, which we typically don't get. Um, we we have quite a few running backs, even though we don't have tons and tons of speed, but we do have kids who can run the football. And then um, it's what I know best in um, the offensive line. I think it gives them a major advantage. Major. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I'm always curious. We've had a couple of O-line OC guys on the on the podcast, and I'm yes, always curious. Like Tony, we're both really curious on like how you manage that. Like where you coach from on game day, or where you call from on game day. Like how you communicate. Um, you know, adjustments to your kids. You know, are you calling it from the box? Are you on the? I mean, I'm always interested just to hear how an O line guy. And is and that's also the OC manages all of it. You know what I mean? Because you know you're you're in the situation where you're relying a lot on your assistant coaches just based on your own position. You know what I mean? so talk a little bit about that. 
Oh, sure. Okay, so I love answering this question when it comes up. Matter of fact, that, that, that was a bit of a deterrent when I, when I asked Coach Bruce for the promotion. When I went in there and interviewed for it, it was um, something that I was insecure about. Because you always think of an OC as like a running back guy or a quarterback guy. And then um, I answered this question not too long ago on Telegram. When, uh, first of all, it's, it's what I do best. I'm, I'm, I am an O-line coach, like in my heart. That's, I've, I've studied it 19 years in. So for me, the best thing is, is um, since we practice so much like Harding, we do so much together. We do so much together. I'm able to help the quarterback. Um, with, I had to teach this stuff to the, to the coaches too. You know, none of these guys were triple option dudes. So um, we we do a lot together. We do a lot together from half lines to pods to team run. So uh, that's how we ma- that's how we manage that. Um, we do a lot of communicating through Google Docs and use Huddle. So if something's really bad, I can I can communicate it with the coaches. But uh, well, we have really good assistant coaches who have done done a really good job of letting me teach them, but then also making it their own. You know what I mean? When, when, yeah. Quarterback coach was here. I would, and you asked the quarterback question. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it from him. I'd let him answer it because those are his dudes. Um, on game night, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's such a systematic offense, right? That um, we're all on the same page. I, I'm up. I'm up in the box. Um, our assistant O line coach is down. Uh, our quarterback coach is down. Well, he has to be though because he's also the uh, special teams coordinator. Our slots guy is down. Uh, our head coach is, was actually the receivers coach last year, so he's obviously down. And then um, the only guy that's up with me is a guy who, like, you know, a freshman dude who takes who takes uh, just takes stats and stuff up, up there with me. Um, so, like on game night, um, we're just calling plays. We're not doing tons of communicating while while the series is going, but um, it's funny, man. Since we since we structure practice so much like Harding. Even when the kids come off the – we're all saying the same thing every single time. Um, yeah. yeah. When, when they come out in a bear, everybody sees the bear like that. Everybody. There's no need to talk about it because we practice so soon with them. Yeah. But um, uh, I, so I want to take this opportunity, though. Like, if anybody's an office line coach and, and they're reluctant to pursue coordinating at this time because they think they got to be a quarterback coach, they don't because – just like your OC doesn't know everything about how zones getting blocked or whatever. Um, I might not know everything that quarterback coach is doing, you know, to a T, but um, you know, I'm trusting them and you know, you, you got to spread the wealth. I mean, you got to empower people. You got to, uh, you got to trust, trust people. And you know, eventually if he doesn't get the job done, you know, the head coach is going to go ahead and replace them or whatever. So you always got that option. I, I was telling Matt last night, I was like, man, when I first met Jason, man, I was like, this dude's got to be a quarterback coach, man. He's in shape. He's got a pretty face, man. He's got to wear a quarterback towel. You know what I mean? And then he said, I'm an offensive line coach. I was like, what? You got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> you got to be big and sloppy to be a, you know, an offensive line coach. But you don't fit that mode. I love it. Hey, I, I used to I used to spat up. In college, I was spatted up. I was, I was kind of – I was a, you know, I don't know. Look tight, play tight. That's what they say. Look tight. Hey, you're an O-line athlete. Don't let anybody fool you. <laughs> 230. I was, I was a lineman with um, aspirations to play. I was too slow to play defense. I had a little bit of hands. I could have played tight end or something. But, you know, I played left tackle for four years there in Alpine. 
Hey, before Tony, you know, kicks on to a question about, you know, the offense and, and you guys' success last year in the state, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, the process that you went through, um, you know, for the guys that are listening to this podcast that maybe are trying to find ways to teach the, uh, the systematic approach of, of, the, uh, of this offense to their staff. Just maybe just briefly talk about, you know, like your process that you uh, that you went through to teach, you know, the other coaches, um, you know, what you want them to know by position and scheme and all of that. Okay, so the first thing we had, the first thing I had to do is we had to identify all defenses the exact same. So when if you see a four three, which I think Paul Johnson calls a six one, uh, a four three, we all call that even. Um, you know, eight-man front, split-type defense, we call that a two-stack, you know, because there's two D-tackles and two linebackers in the A and B gaps. Yep. Um, an odd is an odd. So uh, if we're going to go briefly, then I need to kind of – I need to move on from there. But the first thing is we, we, we all had to get on page in terms of, like, um, you know, identifying defenses. And then, of course, we had to, you know, identify number one and two, right? And uh, so that, that – I'm gonna, actually, there's a story about that. Like, so our defense gets in a bunch of different. They, they get like in uh, every front you can imagine. Our defense gets in the odd stack, uh, you know, in, in, you know, a fifty, a two stack, a four three. They get in everything. They get in everything. So when uh, when we were teaching against the odd stack, all my assistant coaches wanted to count count that rover, that monster is number two. I was like, well, no, that's that's not number two because by the definition of the offense, you know. Paul Johnson taught this. This is, I mean, it's, it's, it's not up for interpretation. For me, it's the stack. You know what I mean? For, for him, it's the stack, you know, stacked one and two. So uh, there, that was one thing where I could, you know, there was, there was no time to have patience for that. You had to just tell those guys, hey, look, dude, that's one and two. You, know, you got you to gotta learn it. That's one and two. It might not make sense to you, but that's who it is. So slot's got arc number three. Now, if we start tagging it, that's different. I'm talking about just teaching it. Yeah. So uh, it was just uh, so you go there. Um, uh, I know some people like to start with midline because it's supposed to be an easier mesh. But we started with Veer, um, uh, uh, and then of course with, with the defenses, you know, you talk about and, and identifying number one and two. It's uh, it's secondary. And I know some people count from outside in. Some people do. Uh, we, we count from before I out. So uh, you teach those things, and it really was a process, not like any other teaching process. It was, you know, very similar. You know, getting on huddle, watching film together. Um, I think what they do appreciate is you give them as much as you can on paper. You know, other stuff I would do is um, uh, if you guys use the um, recording app, the capture app on your, or on the huddle app, there's a capture feature. You can yeah. use your phone, yep. record, right? Ida, you know, you're watching a Navy game. You record the video, send it to them. That's just another opportunity to, uh, to teach. Um, I use I I had to use a lot of propaganda, so uh, I mean a lot. There was um there was an article it was like bowl season, and some some defensive tackle from Michigan State, um th their bowl projections were coming out, and he um he said you know I, I don't think I really want to play Georgia Tech. I would much rather play Baylor. You know. Uh, you get to pass rush. You get to do all this stuff. And I think our guys would have a lot more fun playing Baylor. And so I use that type of propaganda, and I keep a I keep a running list. I could I could give it share with you guys. It's like articles, 
after particles, just um, kind of backing up the offense, you know, promoting the offense. So uh, I had to do a lot of that too, a lot of propaganda. That's awesome. You find that some of your coaches learn differently too? Well, yeah, you know, just like the kids, um, some guys, you, you, you know, some guys just need to go out there and do it. Some guys need to, they can see it on, yeah, exactly just like the kids. I don't want to over, I don't want to over explain that answer. It's just like the kids. Um, that's why you got to give it to them on paper. You got to watch film with it, uh, with them. You got to go out there on the field. Um, and on and on and on. And, and, and the best thing is, is I've worked with, we haven't had to replace dudes. Um, we're, I think we're getting a new receiver coach this year. And so our head coach is going to go coach running backs. So uh, uh, there, there'll be a bit of learning right there, but we haven't had to replace coaches. We retain dudes. So that's, uh, that's made it pretty easy. Yeah, that, that's a big, that's a big help. When I mean, you can keep your guys together, that makes a big difference. Well, coach, can you talk a little bit about your offense last year? I know you, you, uh, you may feel uncomfortable talking about yourself a little bit, but I know you were um, voted as the top assistant in, in, in Texas. And uh, me and me and Matt were talking yesterday, man. We didn't realize it was uh, the number one offense in all levels of Texas. Man, that's impressive. Yeah, I think uh, not including six man because you know six man you can score like seventy, eighty points. You know? <laughs> Maybe not including six man. But yeah, um, it, it's it's you're not asking for stats, are you? Is that the actual question? Well, I mean, no, no, no. no. Uh, you can include stats if you want, but uh, just just tell us about your, uh, just tell us about it, man. Well, okay, so so um, we're we we were tested. We were tested in seventeen. We were tested. We were in the best six A district in the in South Texas. It was the deepest and best district in South, and nobody can debate it. You just can't. Um, and we went four and six. Uh, we averaged like 300 yards a game rushing, which was actually led the district. Um, we were possessing the ball. We weren't scoring touchdowns. Uh, but we've always, we had always been like a really small 6A school. Well, um, the, every two years here, the UIL, um, they take they take a snapshot of your uh, attendance and, and they, they rearrange the districts every two years, right? So we ended up going down a division. Okay? We went down to 5A and um, that put us in a very favorable spot. And like I said, we were very tested in 17. And so we had a bunch of kids return and then we played slightly easier schedule. Um, but I don't want to be disrespectful to our opponents either. Um, and I mean, the, the stats we put up, uh, I used to try and be humble about it, but it doesn't happen all the time. And, and uh, I think my kids and, and our coaches and stuff de deserve, deserve some credit. So uh, we have about three days left to talk about it because, you know, the season starts on Monday. We start meeting on Monday. So I got about three days left to kind of like, you know, enjoy it. But we, we scored 75 twice. We scored I mean, we averaged like 58 points a game. And, and in the semifinal game, we only scored 24. But in the semifinal game, it was a very, very good team we lost to. Very good team. Division one players from Houston. Houston typically is going to have some more athletes than we do. And um, we had 410 yards of offense. They had 230. In a 48-minute game, we possessed the ball for 35 minutes. And you know what? We still lost. Uh, but that kind of stinks. We're going to um, we're going to get back to work and everything. But 
uh, what really made it go, and, and um, I, I'll tell you, some of the things that really made it go is our quarterback's ability to check, and, 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 and I've given this answer a couple times. We could run beer, and the very next play, I run mid-triple, and not, not all teams can do that. Some people just run beer, or you know what I'm saying? We, we could go from beer to mid-triple like that. So you give us a three, and we want triple option, we're going to run mid-triple. You give us a two-I, we're going to go triple. I mean, it's, we, we could get – we've worked on it. we practiced it, but um, that helped. And um, I'll give you an indication of how much better we got. The year before in 10 games, our quarterback was going to the Navy. He had like 1,600 yards rushing in 10 games. Well, last year in 15 games, he had like 1,200 yards rushing. He didn't play any worse. He just got so efficient at reading it, feeling it, and um, throwing it, uh, and understanding the offense. He was actually um, – he was obviously a better player, you know, a year later. His stats were better as a junior because he, he kept the ball more. And, and, but um, we through practice, um, through selling it to the kids, I mean – we ended up where we are, uh, and we didn't do anything crazy. We didn't, didn't a lot of trick plays or anything like that. Um, beer, midline, mid triple, belly, zone dive, rocket, little jet sweep. That's it. Simplicity, kiss, baby. Yeah, really. Keep it simple. Love it. All right, here we go. You ready for another one, Coach? Yeah, bring them. All right, we're going to talk about balance now, and uh, especially with this offense here. What does the word balance mean to you in terms of what you're trying to do and achieve on offense? As soon as you said balance, I know it's like a psychological game, right? As soon as you said balance, um, I'm setting you up. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even think run pass. When I, when I heard balance, I, I heard I just thought touches. And um, what is really cool is that um, the kid, the kids themselves realize that the touches didn't quite matter as much as they thought they did when the season started. Uh, so, you know, we do like everybody else. We hand out MVPs. We hand out um, – we have this uh, word called BTW, which is bring the wood. It's kind of like, you know, the unsung the unsung award, you know, who's who blocked, who hustled, things like that. Well, it was really crazy. Like, so Tobias Weaver, our quarterback, if he, if he won it uh, week one or, or week X, whatever it was, all the kids sort of knew somebody else was going to win it next week because what ends up happening is it's like these defense coordinators like, well, I don't want number one to beat us and someone else. It like rarely, rarely repeated. So um, balance. We we had three we had three eleven hundred yard rushers. You know the, the and, and to be honest the, the 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 touches weren't even but the yards were pretty even. So that balance. I'm not worried about throwing necessarily. Just trying to get the ball um, not to. Not in different kids' hands, but different positions' hands. You know what I mean? Um, and it kind of worked out that way. That's awesome. But you want to? Uh, can you uh, talk maybe uh, about some goals with us now? Uh, what are some offensive goals that you concern your team uh, with trying to achieve each year? So you got three days before you get started, right? Yeah. Going into this, season, like, what are you, what are your goals? Okay, we obviously we don't want to turn the ball over, you know, no, no turnovers, um, snaps, meshes, nothing. We didn't have a turnover problem this last year, so uh, obviously zero turnovers. Uh, the big thing is, is we don't want to kill ourselves. Uh oh, coach, you hitting? Hit pause. Okay. I'll okay. Say. So, gotcha. 
Um, after my first year of coordinating, uh, I made a playlist and it was 186 plays long. And it was, uh, I titled it, Don't Kill Ourselves. It was literally like offsides penalties, totally missed blocks, um, things of that nature, you know, um, uh, not including holding penalties because, you know, that, that that's, you're just playing. But, um, and then we made the kids all bring white t-shirts and we put a big old black marker and we practiced in the, a white t-shirt with 186 on the chest, you know, we didn't look good at practice, but, but we didn't want to kill ourselves. So we don't want any formation penalties, you know, no, no formation or offsides penalties. That, that's the big thing. And then, um, and then of course the, uh, you know, finishing and scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Um, uh, this year, because of the schedule we're playing, like 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 28 points was our goal. Well, I mean, we scored 58 a game, you know, 58 every week. So we need to like increase that. And then, of course, we want to we want to rush for over 30 yards again. That's that's kind of where our goal is going right there. But really, talking about turnovers and not killing ourselves. Hmm. And did you and did you find you're pretty efficient, you know, for the most part last year with that? Like, as far as like, um, you know, maybe when you broke down like inside veer, you, you know, you found yourself not turning the ball over as much, that kind of thing by play. Oh yeah, so um, I don't have it in front of me, but we, um, it's kind of an, and I have it memorized. Inside veer was ten point two yards. Away. Yeah, and and we ran it. 60 to 70 times mid triple we ran 50 or 60 times. We literally ran a triple option, uh, one, one out of five plays. So if you count mid triple or veer, um, yeah. and, and out, we ran a little outside veer to an odd. We ran one out of five plays. And, um, we're, that's one of those deals where I know uh, those guys are holding, you know, you, you take the number of times it gets four yards and divide it by the number of times you ran it and find your efficiency. Um, Instead of four, we're probably going to have to, like, increase that to five or six because we just uh, – maybe we keep it a four this year. We got, we're got replacing some dudes, but, but uh, we were extremely efficient on almost everything we did. So, yeah. uh, But, yes, taking care of the football, um, reading, reading it out. And we, and we didn't have those penalties, so we, we had third and twos. We had fourth and ones, you know, all those things that you, you hear the pundits saying on ESPN and all that. Um, but, yes, not, not having the silly penalties and not turning the ball over, um, that, that, um, that led to all kinds of success, yes. Well, I like that idea of putting, you know, 186 on the, on the T-shirt, you know, and then the, – you know, kids are wearing that to practice or that's their undershirt for whatever. You know, I think that's, you know, obviously it's a – maybe I was going to say it's a subtle reminder. Maybe it's not a subtle reminder. But bottom line is it's kind of present, you know, like, hey, we can't – as a group, as a team, we can't do those same things that shot us in the, in the foot last year. Uh, we we got to improve on that. And, I, you know, obviously it worked. You, you know I mean, obviously. So. Yeah, I mean, any, anytime, you know, so – you guys are professionals, right? When the season's over, you reflect, and then, uh, you know, this year's going to be different. We're going to have to um, – we we have a quarterback battle, um, so we're going to have to structure some things different. Um, we're losing our best receiver, too. Uh, just like – okay, so Tobias and our best receiver, they, they could complete curl and come back, like, all the time. So everything we did in the passing game was – and curl wheel. We, we didn't run a lot of uh, post wheel or vert switch because 
you know, Josh wasn't fast enough to even get the behind safeties that were like running down an option. He's a big old dude and can run a freaking turtle. So um, we, uh, we ran, you know, you just take inventory of what you got, where you're at. And, um, uh, you know, you always use those buzzwords. So for us, it was 186 that year. And um, it, really, it, it, it drove how we planned. It drove how we talked to the kids, how we practiced. And uh, we improved from it, for sure. No, I think that's neat. I really do. That's a good idea. I might steal that one. Absolutely. Yeah, emphasis in your face, man, right there. Every day, you know, I love it. Well, Coach, as a triple option uh, uh, coach in high school, man, we look up to the schools like Army, Navy, Air Force, Citadel, Kennesaw, right? Harding, Eastern yep. Mexico. How cool is it, man, uh, to have your kids be recruited by some of those schools, man, and being able to send a kid, you said, uh, you send a kid to naps here uh, recently. I saw a man where he had to cut his dreads off and everything on Twitter. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. neat, man. Well, you know what? Um, I know those guys aren't always going to flex bone schools. You know, they, they get kids from all over the country. But um, uh, Coach Vitti, the fullback coach from Army, he uh, – <laughs> I hope he's telling me the truth. He said something that caught their eye about Tobias. Tobias didn't end up going there. But he was like, yeah, of course, because you already run it. But what's really cool is, you know, we're on the east side of San Antonio. We got some kids with some uh, low socioeconomic situations. And I know, I know uh, the lack of nuclear families, that's a problem in a lot of places, but it's a real problem for us. If, if Tobias sticks it out, because he's at the prep school right now, and I think he can, but, but, you know, there's turnover at those places. He can change his family's, like, his family tree can just go off a whole other direction. Um, we got a kid who plays uh, defensive end slash outside linebacker that Army's recruiting now. And the only reason Army's recruiting is because they recruited Weaver. If we can start sending kids from this side of town to the academies, that it can change the whole side of town. And I, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's naive to think that. I think it's like true. That's why we're coaching. That's why we're doing this stuff. Yeah. But um, it's really cool, man. I've been to the Army Navy game twice. Uh, we went in seventeen. Um, I'm just a big fan, man. I'm, I'm just a big fan, and it's really cool to um, see these guys come around and start, you know, respecting what we're doing and uh, looking at our kids. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's neat. And, and you know, um, it, it's good because the kids, you'll find, like, he'll come back and tell you that he had a pretty good bit of confidence up at Naps because, you know, the wording may be different, but the play's not. You know, and he'll be able to conceptualize all of that, and you'll and he'll be like, Coach, you know, I, you know, you'll be all excited, he'll be fired up, you know, Coach, I, we were on a mid-trip, like I said, I mean, I call it what you call it, but it's the same play. That's neat. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm fired up for him to come back and help our quarterbacks. You know, yeah, I'm fired up for him to come yeah. back and tell me something, quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah. I just um, I, I'm not into predicting, but I promise, I and I know they had like six quarterbacks in their class this year. He's the kind of guy I'm telling. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's a winner. He's the kind of guy if he if he sticks sticks with it. And uh, I'm just saying, he might be one of the guys who goes like, you know, two and one against Notre Dame or something. I really think he could do it. I really think he could do it. Oh man, that's awesome! I'm definitely rooting for him now, man. Definitely gonna be looking out for him. Yeah, he sent us a he sent us he sent us a group text from Baltimore. I guess someone from Naps texted him. Uh, he wore number one in high school, 
um, I guess he got the information that they let him wear number one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's real cool. Rocking the stick. That's what they call it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, Coach Coach McLeod, you got anything else, brother? Nah, man. I, uh, Jason, man, it's really fun talking to you. And, and uh, I wish you the best of luck this year on the season. And I'm really, really glad you came on with us. Um, it's always fun to talk with guys from all, you know, all around the country about about option football and just, you know, the way you do it. You know what I mean? We can all get answers and ideas from, you know, the different ways everybody does it. So it's pretty cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. No, it's really cool. I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, uh, finally being connected with this community, uh, you know, because I just got on Twitter and just got on Telegram. But I look forward to, like, going through the season and see how uh, we can all help each other, you know. Hey, yeah. speak, um, yeah. speak. Speaking of, that just made me remember something. Uh, remember we were at, uh, in Dallas, and Kerry Grove brought up the fact about the brotherhood, how we do all help each other, you know? And uh, long story short, man, Jason helped Kerry Grove win a state championship, man. <laughs> uh, sort of. Sort of, kind of, right? Where, yeah, we know where I got that playlist, but oh my God, it's from East New Mexico. So, so I went to that Dallas option clinic like in um, – uh, I guess it was it was 18. So uh, the guys from East New Mexico sent me some stuff, and then what? This is what happened uh, when the NCAA pl- uh, changed the blocking below the waist rules. I started reaching out to high school coaches that I knew from Blazer, you know, not new, but that that uh, that were flexible dudes that were in different places in the country that that have already been dealing with the, those no blocking below the waist rules. So uh, I called him. He sent me a playlist on shoulder blocking. I'd never heard of shoulder blocking before. Yeah, so that's a weird. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to repay the favor. So I was like, hey, what do you need? And I got this cool Eastern New Mexico stuff. I'm going to send it to him. And another six degrees of separation thing. I listened to y'all's, I listened to that podcast on the way to Chicago this summer. And where are they from? They're from. So I was Chicago. listening to that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and heard you guys reference my name. I paused it and I put the headphones on my wife. Look, look, they said my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. She, she, I'm sure she thinks every one of us is crazy as a June bug. But, but you're right, man. It's like you know we don't know each other like like we you know face to face per se. Well, some of us do, but 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 like you know it it's. Uh, it's it's a it's definitely a brotherhood. I don't care what anybody says. So, and, and I think that's a that's you know that's definitely part of the appeal to, to and it, it really is awesome. It is awesome. Well, coach, we appreciate you coming on, brother. Oh yeah, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. Good luck, good luck this season, and um, get her done, man. Win a state championship. We're gonna do our best, just like you are. <laughs> Thanks a lot. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave you some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our Mesh Point podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on flexbonenation.com. 
have an option blog there and write articles in that place uh, that can help you out particularly during the season all right tony i want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media all right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well. 